Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. Socrates once said, The secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. In this week's episode, Coach Michelle and I sat down to talk about some of the most challenging times we faced in our life and how we chose to let those uncontrollable life circumstances become one of our greatest teachers. We thought this would be a fitting topic to talk about as we see what is happening around us in the recent weeks. Challenging times are just part of life, but we truly believe that how we react or respond to a situation is really up to us. We hope you enjoy the show. Listeners, please don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Let's get this started. We're recording this on January 8th. And what happened this week is fresh in our mind. And we're not, and I want to preface this episode by saying we're not here to talk about politics or what happened. uh, But we want to use that as a uh, vehicle of um, a conversation to talk about how we can choose to gain new perspective from challenging times. I think, you know, year 2020 in general was a really, really challenging year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of things happened. And one thing that remained constant and in back of my head is, you know what? This is going to teach us to be better in the future. This is going to challenge these challenging times are going to allow us to grow and are going to allow us to gain new perspective if we let it. Exactly. I was just about to add that in. As long as we Mm -hmm. choose. Mm -hmm. It's a choice, right? So today we want to talk about, you know, because one of the things that nobody can deny is our own experiences and our own stories. So we're going to pull from our own experiences of the time that we face challenges uh, to talk about how we were able to spin that challenging situation for us to kind of grow. Mm -hmm. to gain a new perspective, to move forward, to become the better version of ourselves and what it took, how we got there. And but to do that, we have to first address those challenging moments that we faced in life. So, Dubes, I want you to uh, go ahead and talk about the challenging times or challenging moment that you think about when we were, you know, prepping for this show today. Sure. Yeah, this one's easy for me. Um, undeniably, the most challenging moment of my life was when my daughter was two. She's 14 now. She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and it was a shock. She's my third child. Uh, you know, everything had been going smoothly. Three healthy children, active, you know, life was good. And, you know, some things started to happen, and uh, little things, and we were just trying to figure out what's going on. I thought maybe because she was a girl, it was different raising a girl than a boy, and, you know, things like that. And then that day came where we found out that our whole lives were going to change. She would be dependent on insulin for the rest of her life, and, you know, it was going to affect basically everything we did. So... Like we just said, I can feel myself tearing up. I didn't expect that. Um, <laughs> that was uh, probably the most life-defining moment for me right there. And I had a choice. I had a choice as a mom. I had a choice as like a leader of, of my family. How How was I going to take this challenge? How was I going to face it? So, and my choice was, 
okay, you know, we're going to learn this, we're going to master it, and we're just going to, you know, carry on and and make the most of it. And I mean, I, I won't lie, there were times we would go out to restaurants and I would see other people with children who could just eat and they didn't have to worry about carbs or insulin or am I going to give them too much? I have to make this choice for my two-year-old to have a cupcake and then get a shot. Uh, you know, things like that. It was just every moment of every day you would put them to, to put her to sleep at night and you would just worry, you know, um, things like that. But, you know, so like we're talking about today, perspective. We There's a lot of people who are faced with that same challenge who really allow it to set them back. And I just decided that this was my moment and it has reshaped our entire family because we turned a, a, what could have been a bad, bad situation into something really positive. And I'm also not here to say that it's always been easy, uh, that it's always been smooth, that she and I are always perfect with how we manage it. We're not. Um, but it's, it's a learning lesson and we have to just change and develop as we go. And then as a side note, five years later, my oldest son was also diagnosed with type one. But by the time that happened, we already had such, you know, a plan in place that even though they're two very different children with two very different forms of the same disease, um, we were able to just kind of say, all right, well, now we have two. So, you know, let's keep moving on. We're going to have to adjust a little bit more and we're just going to keep going forward. So that's, that's my big life changer right there. What fundamentally, just like for yourself, what do you think changed the most about the way you look at things and the way you think because of this? So I am a classic overthinker. I still am. But prior to that, I would overthink, overthink, overthink everything. And I realized on that day, you can worry, you can plan, um, you know, as, as much as your brain will allow you to, but sometimes you're just going to get faced with something that you never worried about, you never thought about, and there it is. And you just have to, you know, pick up the pieces and, and go. So that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, and also, I realized that in order to help my daughter have a healthy life, I had to myself be healthy. So that was a really big pivotal point in my life too. I can't, I can't have an unhealthy lifestyle in many different ways and expect her to live a full, healthy life. So while she was in the hospital, I committed to myself that, you know, the, everything that I wanted her to have in her life, I was going to have to demonstrate. Hmm. This, this is great. So this is like, you know, the diagnosis of type two diabetes, type one, type one sorry, type one, <laughs> That's sorry. okay. Just <laughs> two very different things. Yes. Yeah. So type one diabetes was unexpected. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have controlled that. Right. Um, but you guys as a family decided to, you know, gain new perspective from this whole situation. And like you said, I'm sure like when you look at it now, you can see like, this is what happened. This is what I've learned. But there is a lot of mountains and seas that you went through up and downs oh, gosh, to yes. get to this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but from an outsider perspective, not looking at your situation, it almost seems so calm and so automatic. I mean, you know, like in a dance class I'm teaching and Mel just sits down on the side. She's like, yeah, I'm low. You know, it's not a big deal. It's right. just so calm. And it's almost like I feel I almost sometimes feel like I feel like I should be worried. But because she's so calm, 
I'm able to say, all right, like, yeah, just sit down and, you know, you know what to do. Like, I just kind of trust her to be able to take care of herself. Right. Exactly. And that was, you know, because she was two. First of all, it's been her whole life. She doesn't remember a time without it. So this mm-hmm. is her norm. Um, but we also, you know, we wanted her to have that normal life. We didn't want to be afraid when it was time to have sleepovers with friends and, and things like that. So the better, you know, the, the better balance we had, then, you know, she could carry it over. And of course, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it is scary. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, no, we just, yeah, you just, you just manage it. Mm -hmm. And does Mel ever, um, does this ever set her back in within her head? Do you think? I, you know, honestly, I, I think it sets me back more worrying about her, which is Mm. true to most of the things in my (laughs) parenting (laughs) career. Uh, but no, I, I don't think so. Uh, when, when she started preschool, I was fortunate enough at the time to be working in the preschool that she attended. Otherwise she might've had to have a nurse based on, you know, different preschool policies. Um, so it, it made it easier that I was already there and, and could manage her. But I worried that the kids would suddenly think she was different. So that's where I went in my head as a mom. And, you know, like, oh, the kids are going to pity her. or Maybe the kids won't want to hang out with her because she's different. But actually what happened, (laughs) uh, some of the kids would try to get there first because we had a a medical kit in the preschool room. Mm -hmm. And they would want to get the little pager, the little doctor pager, because they thought that it looked like her pump. And they wanted to have one, too. So really, all again, it was one of those things that I worried so much that this child was going to be different and people weren't going to accept her. And that was so unnecessary for me mm. because it was ac- actually the opposite. Kids wanted to be more like that. Mm. You know, they wanted a pump, too. <laughs> you know, that's so what you're talking about is like a good segue to kind of talk about my worries. And I, and I recall some of the some of the advice that you've given me in regards to Noah. So my biggest fear right now, currently, as a parent, is when Noah goes to school that he's going to be looked at different because he's half Japanese Mm -hmm. and he looks different and and that the kids are going to pick up on that, especially in the area that we live in where there's not a lot of diversity. I mean, that's that's a fact that we can't unfortunately deny. And but the thing that I keep in back of my head is that kids are resilient and kids are open. And even though some kids can be complete jerks, Mm -hmm. it sounds like a lot of kids can be really open and honest. And so to me, it's gaining that new perspective. It's like, you know, we are kind of settled here. We are here for the long term. I mean, Corey and I have discussed like moving in the past. Um, But, you know, her family's rooted in this area and we have a business that we operate and it's not going to be as easy as waking up one day and saying, all right, we're going to move. You know, it's just, there's a lot of complicated factors based on that. So I've started to think in terms of, okay, like this is a situation we live in this town, but my fear and my worries, I think is also legit in a sense of, I understand what it feels like to be a foreigner in this area um and look different and those are some of the things that you know I'm, I'm willing to talk about um but at the same time it's something that like unless you're in that that if you, you you've been in that situation it's hard to understand mm-hmm. so it's hard to explain going to a restaurant um sitting down with your family but because we're mixed race and this is when things are back open and and people looking at you because you're a mixed couple right Uh, Or, you know, just casually going through your day and 
being asked, what are you? Like insensitive questions that people don't probably don't think that it's insensitive. Right. Um, and so like by experiencing those things, I've kind of developed a fear for my child that like, I don't want him to go through the same thing. Right. And so I could, so, so that's, that's the challenge, you know, one of the many challenges that we all face in life. And, and that was, that's, that happens to be mine. That's really close to my heart because, you know, like as parents, you understand, like your kids are extension of you and you feel for them. And, and, and our hope is that they don't feel the pain that we went through unnecessary pain. There are some pains that I want my kids to experience mm -hmm. because it's going to teach them lessons, but there's some pains that like, I don't want my child to go through because they wouldn't, they shouldn't have to, right? you know? And, uh, and this is a really tough topic to talk about, especially in this area. But I'm, I, I, I do it because of the same reason why I try to promote diversity in our studio. Mm -hmm. If people and kids around here are, are exposed to more of that and they become more understanding of that, then there is more likely chance that, that that he won't have to face that right. in the long run, right? So it's gaining new perspective, trying to plant the seeds for the future, for for how what he's going to be experienced in this area to be a little bit different than what I've experienced. Now, granted, on the other side, this community has been wonderful, and that's why we continue to be here and we 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 love being here. But at the same time, there are certain things that that I've experienced in this area that's just that I've never experienced anywhere else. Right. You know, and then the prime example of that is being the target of racism. Mm -hmm. um, I've never experienced that in New York. I never experienced that in California. I never experienced that even in Maryland um, or North Carolina. But in here around in Pennsylvania, Danville, Pennsylvania, I've had two occasions of direct racist remarks, which were caused by, you know, bad intentions like they meant to be racist right and and to me that's just like heartbreaking when you've been on the opposite end of that it's not a good feeling you know and uh and of course I, I don't want my child to go through that so how do we change it how do we gain new perspective from those experiences because it's so easy to be frustrated and sad and mad and angry based on those issues which i've gone through all those phases mm-hmm but I'm removed far enough from those incidents to a point where I can say, I want things to change, change for the better, right? And what part can I play in that? Because there's also the part that I see like all around in the world today where people are just vocal, right? But the being vocal doesn't, that's not the only way to change things. Mm -hmm. It has to change within. It has to change with small actions. Yes. I it has to start with you mm -hmm. personally. Right. So, yeah, I get I get all those negative emotions, the angry, ang anger, the frustration, the mad, the sadness. But to see to make people around you see what you're seeing, words aren't just enough. It needs to be action. It needs to be action. That's, you know, that's not directly related to the issue too. Right, right. Just a lifestyle. Yes. And 
culture. And, you know, with you talking about, no, this is going to become, <laughs> we're getting way yeah, off of this the is topic. Be, no, this is really deep. I love it. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. This might have to be a part two where we pull <laughs> it back to what our actual <laughs> topic was. But I, I think, too, with Noah, it's, it's the same thing. First of all, you are so... I, it breaks my heart when I hear about those instances with you. Mm -hmm. However, this community loves you. And for as long as I've known you, there was never a moment where I saw you first as a Japanese man and then everything else. I saw you for this, this really great, really energetic being that you are. And, uh, you know, it, so same thing with Noah. People already know him. They know his amazing personality. If now, if, on the flip side of that, if at home he was constantly being fed with, oh, I hate this area, people are never going to like you, then that becomes his thought. And mm -hmm. then he'll go to school with that fear. And anytime there's anything even closely related to that, he's going to translate it as, oh, they don't like me because I'm mm -hmm. Japanese. But he's, I mean, he has two amazing parents. He has a community who just adores him. <laughs> I wish I could podcast as well as Noah. I mean, really, honestly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you asked for an opportunity to sing. This may be the podcast where you get to. Oh, I don't know. It's a little deep today. <laughs> yeah, let me let me warm up a little bit better another day and <laughs> practice maybe. <laughs> so it, it, it's instilling those good those good practices, I think, at home, at a young age, surrounding yourself with people who have those good beliefs and and think, you know, this the same way that you do. And I don't mean that in a way like, oh, we're going to rally and, you know, just good people who who want to love and have good uh, practices every day in their life. That's what we need our kids to have. That's what we right. need our community to have. And even if we, you know, there's, there's things that I'm sure you and I don't agree on, but we've never had to battle it out. You can always agree to disagree yes. and still get along. Right. I think the key to really empathy, right, is not everybody's going to go through everything that you go through in right. life. That's just impossible. Exactly. Like, you know, our struggles are totally different. Mm -hmm. What we've gone through is totally different. But with open arms, open heart, and open mind, I think those are the three key components yes. to really gaining new perspective or understanding somebody. You don't have to necessarily agree with everything, but you can empathize with them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the right word. I actually looked it up between the <laughs> difference between empathy and sympathy because it gets a little really tricky. It does, yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, that's so important in trying to understand because like I don't expect that everybody to understand what it's like to be, you know, looking things from my perspective. That's not my goal is to try to pe make people understand. Um, and then the same thing is when I'm having conversation with others, like I'm, I'm not going to be able to be that person. Right. But I want to learn to see the world from their perspective. Um, but also as humans, like we have to be be good at trying to communicate that mm -hmm. we can't just say you know quote unquote say what's on our mind and expect people to receive that well that's not how this world works mm -hmm. you know you we need to be mindful of how we're communicating so we can see it from the other perspective right because you know there are certain ways that we like to be communicating i always try to keep that in mind when we're when i'm speaking with somebody that like there are certain ways i like to be communicating most most of the times i think that's relatable mm -hmm. you know you want to be spoken to respectfully sure. you want to be spoken to with calm tone 
Right. You want to be re- you want to be spoken to, you know, with the other person being considerate with how you feel and what you think, you know, and that's how that that's how communication works. Just throwing out words and feelings and thoughts just on the table and expecting the other person to receive it is I don't think, you know, reasonable. Right. And you every know. once in a while that happens you know sometimes we throw out our our yeah. feelings maybe to a child or a spouse and <laughs> you know you you're a little no no, no we're not, that's not today's topic <laughs> i'm the not feelings saying, table right right i'm not saying i have ever yelled at anyone but i hear that other people do <laughs> and i think in those circumstances you know we just need to recognize sometimes anger can flare but then from there what are we going to do about it some things make us angry some things make us act out but then we really need to decide what's the best path we need to take here. And I, I think that, you know, it, it, no matter what the struggle is, what path do you want to pave from here? You can't go back. You can't change that. But from here, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? And, you know, sometimes we have to be good leaders, you know, like I did for my family. Like you're going to have to be for Noah. You're going to have to show him the way. I had to show my kids, you know, what I really thought was the best path and then we can we can go from there there's an action that triggers reaction or response right reaction usually and and not always reaction usually leads to and to me to me personally at least and i want to be very careful with my words because i don't want to you know I don't want to feel like I'm attacking someone or I don't want people to be listening to this and feel like, oh, he's attacking me. No, I just think in terms of reactions usually trigger some kind of negative emotions, whereas a response is very more thought out and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. So what is your response to the challenges that you face? And the the response, the the thing about response is it doesn't need to be direct, right? So... You know, I've 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 been having this conversation on leadership Mm -hmm. and the person that I'm talking to has asked me to list 10 golden rules of leadership. And I was thinking and I was writing it down. One of the things is um, I forget what it was, but it it was along the line of diversity and how I promote diversity in this facility. And the reason being all the things that we talked about in this podcast, right? And, and he asked me, he's like, so how do you incorporate diversity into your everyday life? And I said, well, I intentionally picked Japanese characters to be the theme of the recital. Mm-hmm. It's not, it might not be a direct statement of me saying, because we're trying to be diverse, this is what we're putting out. No, but it's exposure, right? Yes. So they get exposed to these characters, these backgrounds. They start the kids start to wonder, like, what does this mean? And later down the road, they they may or they may not, but they remember that commotion represented diversity up front by putting a Japanese character on the back of the shirt, right? At each recital, so it's not a direct response, and, and, and me standing out, you know, and in front of the studio every day with a shirt that says "Promote Diversity," you know, <laughs> it's not that, but it's small actions that leads to more diverse understanding in the community, hopefully. Right. Right. And but I'm intentional in what I'm doing. My message is not always upfront like that. But I believe in those small building blocks that adds up to a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And it's just integrating that right into the program so that it just becomes normal. And isn't it true, too, that sometimes 
fear guides us. Maybe, you know, maybe we don't um, accept other people or other people's beliefs because we don't understand them. So I guess maybe fear isn't the word, but lack of understanding, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Now, fear is not a bad thing. So I'm actually reading this book called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Uh, Corey gave it to me for Christmas, and I'm loving it. And and, and it sounds like Corey wants you to be quieter at home, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, she wants to be more like a monk, more, more peaceful. Uh, but I mean, you know, like she, I, you know, she sees the mental struggles that I go through. Like mental health is not something that I hide. Like that's something that I struggle with, and I need. I'm, I'm working on. And, and part of that is being mindful and mindful of your thoughts, mindful of how you're speaking to others, all that kind of stuff. Fear doesn't have to be a negative emotions. Health, there is such thing as a healthy fear. So what is a healthy fear? Fear that, you know, that allows you to take steps forward into trying to create a space where, you know, where that's, it's, it's for the greater good of the community. I believe that the fear that I have on my son is what's leading me to, you know, promote diversity in this area. Mm-hmm. So to me, I look at that as that's a healthy fear. Sure. Um, because that fear is not coming from, um, you know, in an environment that's that's not absolute that that's false. You know what I mean? That fear is coming from my experience of what I happened, what happened to me. So I'm saying, based on that, okay, what can I do to make sure that he doesn't feel those kind of situations, which is basically unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't need to exist. Right. Um, and so that's a healthy fear-driven motive behind what I'm trying to promote. Right. I guess as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking fears are only bad if they, if you allow them to hold you back. Yes. Which is goes right back to our perspective. Yes. Everybody has fears. It's, it's how we address them. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we. I want to, you know, towards. We're already coming out of twenty-five minute. <laughs> yeah, this crazy? one. It, yeah, it this, does. It this feels could like have gone either way. Right. <laughs> um, but I want to tie back around to like because a lot of listeners, I believe, are into f- health and fitness in this podcast. It's easily can be tied into that journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like talking about fear holding us back. Yes. Or and and being afraid to come to the gym. How often do we hear? Oh, I need to get in shape to come to the studio. Right. Oh, I could never go in there with all those fit people. Right. right. <laughs> but that's that's you know like if you just switch your perspective. Hey, I'm here for me. Who cares what others think? Right. right. Who cares if I struggle through my first class? Nobody's gonna care what I'm going through. Like this is for me. I'm gonna go through it. You know, changing that perspective, looking at things differently. You know, if going to the gym in the past has scared you or intimidated you and trying to go and trying to go for go to a new studio may be like a really like a challenge for you like find a support system that can get go there with you for you to be feel comfortable right those kind of things right we're just kind of all over the place today (laughs) we are we are (laughs) (laughs) trying to follow along yeah no this might seriously i i see a series coming out of this one maybe uh so that we can break down some of the points but yeah i I mean as you're talking it's bringing up so many thoughts in my mind too you know um so i i mentioned earlier with with amelia when she was diagnosed that was one of the things that i needed to do also we were going to have to look at food now completely differently and i was at an unhealthy part of my life also so i had to to switch gears for myself and for amelia and it was scary and i think you know you and i both we've we've both talked about two big challenges in our lives and we have many others too but 
I, I think once you, you hit those fears, hit those challenges with a really good positive attitude and you see that success, then it makes all of the other fears a little bit easier to tackle because you know, like, hey, you know, I can face this. I might not be, it might not be as, success, as successful as I had hoped or maybe it won't have the outcome that I'm, I'm dreaming of, but I can still do this. I can get to the gym. I can, I can, you know, walk into that class for the first time and I can try things out. I can, I can try new things. I can, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to, to look at in a different way, you absolutely can do it. Yeah. I mean, challenges are constant in our life, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Challenges are there to make us better. Mm Mm-hmm. So we just need to be willing to accept the challenges. This COVID-19 pandemic, it's right. been a challenge for us as a small business. Mm-hmm. Did we ever wish to have this challenge? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, like it's, you know, we didn't even have time to prep for it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just kind of took it one step at a time. We kept our positive attitude. Our goal has always been the same. We want to keep our doors open as much as we can. And we want to continue to be a valuable part of the community. We wanted to provide value to the community. So that's always goes back to our mission of that's what we want to do. And um, there's been different kinds of challenges that's thrown our way. We've we've learned a lot through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a choice, you know. There are moments that we felt defeated. We felt frustrated. We've had tough conversations. Dubes and you know, we dubes, you and I have gone through ups and downs, you know? Absolutely. And when we are able to reopen something, it's always been a highlight. But we've also had like moments of like sadness and frustration and scared, you know? Um, but we've just always chosen the path of let's look at the bright side. Let's look at what's coming out of it this positive. Mm And it's just like muscles, you know, like it's just the more you train that way of thinking, the more you become accustomed to doing that. Right. And uh, that's what I want to encourage the listeners to do. If you feel like you feel defeated and you feel frustrated, angry and sad, try to look on the bright side. What positives can you think of in the current situation, the current challenges that you're that you're facing? And what new perspective can you gain? What do you want to know that you don't understand? Who can you ask? Who can you talk to? How can you gain new perspective? Because I think conversations, when you go into it with open heart, open mind, open arms, you can learn a ton from anybody and everybody as long as that feeling is reciprocated. Mm -hmm. I've gone into a meeting with open heart, open mind, open arms, and the other person clearly wasn't. (laughs) And I haven't gained anything from that conversation, sadly. But I've always found that when the two parties that's having a conversation comes in with the same attitude, you can gain a ton, no matter who they are or where they come from. Like I've learned a lot from, you know, realtors just talking to them of how they operate and what their mind is like, you know, just different professions across overs. And I think even the politics world, I don't, I'm not a political person, so I don't know, but I think you can gain a whole new set of perspective if you go into it with that kind of mindset. Yes. Agreed. Absolutely.
Well, this got really deep. It did. Quick. It got deep. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. It was yeah, good. It's, it's been like the tendency of our conversation. So I'm hoping that the listeners can relate. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. So if you have any questions, suggestions on topics, or anything you want us to hear talk about, send us an email at rmsdanville at yahoo.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Well, thank you for a great conversation, Dukes. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone.